This podcast is brought to you by Dancegate. For the latest in dance, lifestyle, culture, and entertainment news, visit www.dancegate.com. Dance is passion. Hi, Andy. I would like to thank you for agreeing to participate in an interview with Dancegate. As well, I would like to congratulate you on the upcoming release of one of the best Latin dance albums of the year so far. Perhaps one of your tracks will be included in television series Dancing with the Stars. Could you please tell your Dancecape fans how you came across that opportunity? Um, well, since I've been producing um, music for dancing for the past eight years, and my music has been used uh, all over the United States, Europe, Canada, Japan, at Blackpool for all those years. It's also been used on NBC, CBS, ESPN, the BBC, Kathy and Reach, Estani and Marie. In the movies, I have a reputation for making pretty good Latin American music. So therefore, they must have known that I have a repertoire of music that is available, and uh, I'm sure they came across it, and they decided that they wanted to use one of the cuts on their show. Do you know what track they were interested in using for the upcoming television series? Uh, they're going to be using, they've asked me about the Capasadoble, which is Don't Cry For Me Argentina, which I did as a Pasadoble, and it's phrased exactly as Espana Connie is phrased. They're also interested in a, um, another cut that I covered, a Debella Morgan uh, called Dance With Me, which is a cha-cha. And they're also interested in some original music that I did for ESPN about three or four years ago, uh, which is uh, basically instrumental music that they want to use as incidental background music. So for sure they want to use Don't Cry For Me Argentina. They're interested in another cut specifically, and we're negotiating now for about 20 other pieces of music that they want to use off and on throughout the series. Did you know if it would just be used for background music? They don't cry from the Argentina may be used for one of the routines. I'm not sure because they're not quite sure right. what they're doing at this time. So um, I, I know they're contracting music from all over you know, the world and the country. Plus, they're using popular music and whatever they can get their hands on. How they're going to utilize it, I don't know. I've seen this show before. I've seen the Italian version. There's an English version. Right. And basically, the, the Italian version used a live band. Oh, so right. I don't know if they were playing popular music in Italy. Uh, I didn't recognize any of the uh, music that they used as being purely like music that we hear in competition. But I know they have a band. And from what I understand from the people who I've been speaking to with the show, that they may also be a live band for the presentations. Where they will be using the recorded music is when they're um, portraying when the students and the teachers are putting together the routine that they finally do on TV. And that's essentially the way the Italian version worked. They used recorded music to show snippets of their putting together their routine, but on the show itself, they danced to the band. So until we see one of these, we don't, I, don't even, I don't know exactly how the format's going to work. Right. So exactly what music and how much of what they're going to use. Do you have any comments on the upcoming television series? I know it's hard to tell because the first show that I did music for was an IMG presentation, uh, which was done in uh, 99. It was on NBC. It was a one-hour show. 
they used my music for the entire show. Basically, it was a competition put on by IMG. IMG was producing competition shows like this all over Europe. It was the first time that they actually had five couple. Well, they started out with a semi-final, and they went to six couples. And it was the first time that the couples came out and actually did solos for the first dance and the last dance. And they used my music for that entirely for that show, okay. for all the pieces of music. Plus, they had me DJ that show. And that show got the best rating of any show ever. Wow. All of dancing. On NBC on a Saturday night, it got a 10 share mm -hmm. and a 7 or 8 rating point, which means that 10 million homes saw the show. Subsequent to that, they tried this, that type of show again, uh, which another show that I did the original music for was uh, was called the Championship Ballroom Series, it was called, and that was on ESPN. I don't know if you remember seeing that show. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in Madison Square Garden in 1999. It was one or two years after the IMG show. Well, that show didn't do as well. Mm -hmm. It only did like a two or three share. Yep. I just find that the cast is so interesting. Um, that they've put together with Dancing with the Stars, and maybe, you know, that's what's going to especially help make it great over here. the interest of the, of the big stars. Yeah. Well, big, you have, uh, you have championship boxer Evander Holyfield. Was it Evander Holyfield? Yep, that's correct. And supermodel Rachel Hunter. Uh-huh. Rachel Hunter, she's, like, well-known. Mm -hmm. Now, Louis Van Amstel, I... You know, from just seeing the lineup, I think he's the favorite because he's dancing with a professional team cheerleader, which means he's dancing with a girl that has a dance background. Right. So I think they're going to win. Right. Right off the bat, without even seeing them or hearing about them. I know Charlotte Jorgensen is dancing with someone, but most of the other people, from what I saw from the Italian version, you know, were kind of like rank beginners going to a dance studio, mm -hmm. how to dance. You're going to put them up against a professional, and I don't know what team she's from, but I heard she's from the West Coast team, mm -hmm. cheerleader, which means she's probably versed in at least jazz. And hip-hop, yep. I think they got the best shot of winning. Okay, great. What first inspired you to produce your music? Uh, I, got an, I, I got this idea in 1996 because the music coming out of Europe at the time was so lame that we needed something to inspire us. Right. We were getting, you know, Edmundo Ross and, you know, really just easy listening music for Latin music. So I happened to be at a one of my wife's parties. Uh, she ran a disco hustle party. And at the party happened a very famous person from that era who was a producer of music named Vince Montana. Vince Montana was one of the originals in the Sound of Philadelphia, the South Soul Orchestra, MFSB, and he's the one that was one of the big innovators back in the 70s of disco music. He innovated putting violins into disco music. So the guy was a fabulous musician. So I had an idea for him, not for me. Mm -hmm. Vince, why don't you do this? Why don't we get some standards of today, popular music, music music that everybody likes and hears, top 10, top 20 music, and why don't we put it into strict tempo that people can dance to in ballroom competitions? Great. So he said, why don't you come to my studio the next day? So I went to the studio the next day and I brought him all what I thought was the best stuff that we were hearing that wasn't from Europe. Um, 
you know, some really good tunes that we that were hot that we were dancing to. Because sometimes they wouldn't even play for international style. For example, back then they were dancing to uh, I don't know if you remember that song. The, uh, was it called, was it Venus? Not Venus. But one of the songs that an American group did, and I said to, ja to uh, Jack Hughes, I said, why don't you play that for the international style people? He says, well, that's not an international cha-cha. I'm using it for American style. So it was an American tune that you could have done cha-cha to. It wasn't really a cha-cha, but he played it for the American rhythm as a cha-cha, and it was great. So I told Vince Montana about all these different ideas, and he just couldn't see the value in it, or who's going to buy it, or what do you mean? I don't, he didn't really get the thrust of what I was trying to do. But I spent seven hours with him that day learning about what's done and how they produce this music. Mm -hmm. So when I went home, I decided to just cold call a bunch of studios that produce music. And I got to a guy who says, oh, I have somebody for you. His name is Rick Hall. He might be very interested. And I went to Rick Hall, and I made him the same presentation mm -hmm. about, hey, why don't we get some tunes that are current, that are popular hits, that we could turn into chachas, bumbas, sambas, pasta doblas, and jives. He said, well, show me what you got. I showed him what I had. He says, sure, I can do it. Great. And that's when I produced my first CD, Latin Jam 1. And I picked tunes that were basically hot during that era. For example, I chose an Elton John song called Blessed, which was a, a hit back in 97. Mm -hmm. And we did it as an instrumental as a rumba, and it turned out to be fabulous. I did uh, a few other songs that were popular of the day, and I picked songs that were popular maybe 10 years ago, but all hits like You Got the Power, um, and songs of that nature that when we redid them and we made them strict tempo, everybody went crazy that, oh my God, here we have all this popular music of today, or of 10 years ago, and now we can dance to it with international style tempos, and it went, it went over really, really well. So people really enjoyed My first CD sold over 25,000 copies. Wow, that's excellent. And now I have big distribution in Germany, in Japan, and in England. Right now, my new CD that just came out, my first pressing was 4,000, and the entire 4,000 already went. Wow, that's excellent. So it's sold. That's great. Now I have people in the United States that are interested in it, too, which I will, you know, essentially, I don't retail, I distribute. Right. I sell it through the website just to have it available to people who want to pick up a copy here and there. But basically, I distribute. Mm -hmm. But basically, that's what I do. I do what's called a cover. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'll get a song, for example, Ricky Martin's Maria. That was on my first CD. Right. Well, I did my version of it. It's not his version that I put different rhythms in. I got singers. I got percussionists piano players, bongo players, trumpet players, and we put it all together, and then it goes in and we arrange it. I do all the arranging. I'm in on all the mastering. I design all the covers. I do the distribution. Basically, I do everything except play the instruments. That's great. And then being such an, ex an expert in um, both dancing and in dance music, what makes a track a great piece of music to dance to, in your opinion? Well, I think it's got to have a good rhythm. It's got to be, of course, phrased properly. So there's nothing that's out of phrase. Right. Four counts, eight, 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 eight bars per measure, and four bars, 
four beats per measure, eight, eight beats for the whole bar, you know. And what are some two beat tags? You got to have good percussion. You have to clave must be in the proper position. For example, in international rumba, the best clave is three-two clave instead of a two-three clave. There are two types of claves. Do you know what a clave is? Yep. Okay, three-two clave is best because it's on the one and four. Six, seven. If you turned it around, it would be two, three, five, and eight. Right. Most beginners are listening for a one. Mm -hmm. So if you have your clave going click, 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 and that first beat is on the one note, most people in the rumbas will be able to pick up that feeling and the rhythm. Right. Also, the conga drum has to accent on the four end. Mm -hmm. That's why we break on two because our accent in rumbas and in cha-chas are on the four-end. So in a cha-cha, it's boom, 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 four-end one, and you break on two. Okay. In the rumba, the same thing. So if you listen hard, you'll always hear a conga drum going boom, boom, on the four-end. And do you prefer music that incorporates more instruments? Um, say, if you were using the clave, do you like trying to fuse different instruments into that or? Well, I'm fusing all instruments. When I'm finished, when you look on the computer and you see how many tracks there are, there might be 16 to 20 different layers of percussion. But clave, conga, and kick are what drive the dance. Then you have shakers, bells, uh, you have guero. Uh, uh, you have so many things that are overlying all of that that some people get confused and say, oh, I just can't find the beat. A lot of people have trouble finding beat in salsa, mm -hmm. in mambo, because there's so much going on that it's hard to, to get where that one is and the two, and do you break on the one, do you break on the two, whatever. In Latin dancing, you got to be able to pick up a one from the get-go. Right. Now, that doesn't, the, uh, the guero, the marimbas, the bells, the cowbell, the big cowbell, the small cowbell, the shakers, the whole deal is just something that adds to basically the rhythmic end of it, which drives the dance, which is usually the clave, the conga, and the kick. Most of the kicks are on two and four or the backbeat, but at least you can pick up a number here and there. If when you alter those, then it confuses the dancer. So people know my music to be driving. Then they say, like, it's so easy to pick up the beat when I listen to your music and know to break on the two. And how come I have trouble with this music? Well, because it's more subtle and you have to infer it. And when you're a more advanced dancer, you can infer the rhythm a whole lot easier. Because, I mean, you don't even have to hear any music in part of the song, and you can still count to the beat and know when to break, but that's an experienced dancer. It's music made for dancing, basically. <laughs> basically, this is music specifically made, made for, dancing. for Latin dancing. Right. Basically, I'm kind of excluding the jive because jives are jives. You know, you can yeah. pick up a jive over any rock and roll, any Beetle, any, any Chuck Berry, whatever. They're, that's a standard type of a percussion thing going on, which basically also is driven by the kick and the snare. Right. There's no clave in that at all. The clave is basically oriented around your rumbas and cha-cha. There is a clave in the samba, but it's inferred many, in many ways. And the pasta doble is just strictly one, two, one, two, one, two, all the way through dance until you get to your extra two beats, of course, in Espana Cani, where you have to know they are, where they are, but if you dance in Europe, those two beats can be anywhere, because they don't play just that. Right.
in Europe. That's why I did Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, and a few other melodies, using the same phrasing, at least, of the Spanish colony, because people were begging for a different melody. Right. It's the only dance that we do that has its own song. <laughs> you know <laughs> Yes, I got you. one. So I said, well, let me play around. I'm going to do Don't Cry For Me, Argentina on one. Uh, Where Did You Go, My Lovely, which was a disco hit. I made that into a paso. And then just for a whim, I used the uh, Titanic theme and made that into a paso. And I have four originals that I did for the ESPN show. So you really are offering something completely original. Um, do you have any favorite tracks on your upcoming album that viewers can look for? Oh, good, because basically... Uh, it's it's a lot of reworking of the old ones. It's uh, remixes of them, uh, accenting some things that we didn't accent before to make it a little bit better. Uh, but basically, it's a best of. Great. And what are your um, favorite pieces of music to dance for? Dance that, to. Excuse me. What are some of your favorite pieces of music to dance to? On my CDs or any CD. Well, on yours, is there anything that comes to mind that you just really love to dance to? Well, I really like number six I like because they're full cha-chas, and there's some really good ones on there that I redid. And, uh, you know, some of them are my favorites. But when I listen to the CDs, I wouldn't have put them on there if they weren't all my kind of my favorites from the beginning. Right. In other words, I chose, and let's face it, you know as well as I do, mm -hmm. you get ten people to say, do you like steak? Eight are going to say yes, two will say no. Right. Same thing with music. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Do you like it? I like it. How about you? I don't like it. Well, that's opinion. Yeah. And I'm trying to get by that part of it. I'm trying to say, look, we all know we're not going to like certain melodies. Not everybody likes New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. Right. I'm sure eight out of ten do. But what I want the music to have is driving rhythms, correct phrasing, with my music, what I do is I A and B each song that we make. Oh, really? In other words, if I remake a song, I'll come home from the studio and I'll play it against the original. Mm. And if it doesn't at least, it's as good or better than the original, I go back to the studio and I say, wait a minute, why does this have this certain big, gigantic, boom, kick going on and mine doesn't? I want to hear that too. And we'll infuse that in. And basically, the music becomes as good, if not better, than the original. For example, <laughs> in the movie Made It Out Mambo, mm -hmm. they use two of my cuts rather than the originals. Right. They use Spice Up Your Life by the Spice Girls, and her theirs was a hit that year. They used my version. And they use my Maria instead of Ricky Martin's. I'm going to show you how close they are to the originals, or how much better. My lawyer got a call from the Spice Girls huh. telling us to prove it wasn't them singing on it. Okay. And it wasn't them singing on it. Right. I got some of the best singers. In the, well, for example, on my Latin Jam 6, have you ever seen that show Emerald? Yep. Well, you know Doc Gibbs? Yep. He played on Latin Jam 6. Great. So I do get, I get very high level, you know, people they be on these things, mm -hmm. and I am the last word for all, for all of them. Nothing gets nothing gets done without me being there. There's nobody who sings. There's nobody who plays. There's nobody who does anything without my okay. Right. I okay it because I pay for it. 
Right. So I don't leave it up. I don't send my stuff to the studio and then go pick up a finished product. I'm there through each and every step, and I'm there for the rearranging of all the music. I'm there for all the mixing, all the mastering, the product. As I said, the production, the sales. I just don't push the button as far as playing the piano or playing the saxophone. Right. But everything else, I do. Right. From beginning to end, and it's all brand new. A lot of people think, well, what do you do? You get their stuff and then you put new beats over it? No. We make, we, we do what's called a cover. Mm -hmm. Cover means I'm remaking an existing song with my people. Right. For specifically to dance to. So, you know, basically that's how I'm doing this. That's wonderful. And along with producing music, um, you were also a professional Latin dancer. You've opened up your own dance studio with your wife? Well, it's my wife's dance studio. I'm a, I'm a podiatrist. I'm a doctor. Right, and... I did a dive when I met my wife, and I met her in a disco club. Ah. I didn't do anything for a bunch of years, and then I decided I did pro -ams. She was the professional, I was the amateur. And I won the United States uh, International Latin Pro-Am A Division twice. Wow. I won the Pro-Am Rhythm A Division once. Then I partnered with a girl called Stacy Martin, and we represented the United States at the world as an amateur couple. I got the Feather Award, which was an award that was given out uh, in the 90s to the best couples in the United States, or the most favorite couple. It was done by a general vote mm -hmm. about the United States, and we got the award for the most favorite amateur Latin couple in the United States of that year. I think it was 93 or 2. Congratulations, that's wonderful. And then we turned professional, and uh, we we won the American Star Ball once. We were finalists in the North American Rising Star Latin. We were the East Coast champions. You know, but I dabbled in it basically to compete. I'm a competitor. Right. I'm not a dance teacher, mm -hmm. and I'm not someone who's around the studio daily. Basically, my thing is competition, and when I stop competing, I basically stop dancing in a competition, competitive way. What was that transition like for you? Well, at the beginning, it was kind of like you missed it. There was a void. You know, you miss things. You're not. And how did you overcome that? Uh, well, of course, you just then you get involved in music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially, that's what your passion was. Your other uh, passion. Oh, well, then we wrote our own competition, which is another, you know. It's a three, four month deal of the year each year, so that puts us involved. And what does that consist of? Our competition. Right. What's it consist of? It consists of two months of fourteen hour days. Wow. Yeah, because we we do everything, Sandy and I, from everything from the judges to the tickets to the numbers to the entries to the hotel to the meals to the booking of the hotel. The, we do the entire event. Our event is like about the second or third biggest in the Northeast. It's called the Philadelphia Festival. Okay. And we have between three and 4,000 entries each year. Wow. Yeah, and Jean-Marc and all that crew, they come down. And, you know, we've, it's, it's a high-level event. We're right now in the Northeast, there's 20 championships. And we're probably around the third largest. I think Manhattan is number one. Um, and who's after that? Then we're all around the same size, jockeying in that two to 4,000 range. Right. Uh, it's, it's a stressful thing because I'm one of the only organizers who DJs his own comp. Mm -hmm. 
we decorate extensively. I mean, with backdrops from Hollywood, lighting. We do a whole lot. We try to put a whole lot more into it than just going in the room and turning on the light and saying, let's dance. So that's a two-month deal. And then we have the music. My wife has a studio, which is a very large studio. Right. Right outside of Philadelphia. Now my son's into dancing. I don't know if you know That's it. right, yeah. Yeah, he's a He's competing. Aviator. Yep. If you saw him. Uh, he was in, uh, you know, a few other things uh, dealing with dancing. And uh, he's right now in Hong Kong with one of his students. Oh, what is he doing there? Well, she took him there for him to teach or for the shows. Great. Pro-Am partner, basically. That's wonderful. Yeah. So with all of this that you're involved in, um, you know, it's so much. I, I don't, I can't even imagine how you balance it all. But what is it that's the most rewarding um, feeling that you have about all of the work that you do? You know, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the doing of it that's the rewarding part. And right. sometimes when it's finished, it's, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. But, you know, when you, it's like becoming number one. Once you become number one, it's kind of a letdown. Right. Kind of getting to number one that counts. Right, the journey, the process. Journey, yeah. The reward is the journey itself. And then, uh, because basically, you know, what we're doing and what I've done, you know, not, not to, to brag, but it's all been a success. We haven't had many failures. So everything's been a success. And, I, you know, we have a good marriage. We've been married a long time. We have two great kids. You know, I'm a doctor. I'm a podiatrist. And competition and music and studio and there's so many things going on that there's big rewards and and then there's a low and then you search for the next reward and to put them in order for me it would be very difficult I guess uh, what would I say would be a, oh, and, uh, what a big accomplishment that I think for me is when I went to compete at Alberta Del Orta's Italian Open in Italy okay. in 93 mm -hmm. and for me that was a big deal because it put us in a completely different element. We never competed in Europe before. There were 145 couples, 11 drew a bye, and in this event were people like Serena Lecca, Brian Watson, Paul Killick, they were all in this. Right. They drew the bye from the get-go. And, you know, we, we just missed by three couples making the 24. Now, what makes it a big accomplishment, because in 1992, when I did this, I was in my late 40s. Okay. And my partner was in her 30s. And when did you start dancing? I started dancing when I met my wife, which was, you no, know, I've been dancing all my life. I'm from Philadelphia, and I'm sure you heard a bandstand and all that. Right. Philadelphia's a dancing town. I was always a street dancer and went to clubs. I didn't meet my wife in the dance studio. I met her in the club. Right. And we developed a relationship from there. And I was very intimidated at the beginning because all these people that were her students knew steps, if you know what I mean. Right. She knew how to dance. Right. And I uh, basically started really heavily, oh, I'd say in the mid-80s. That's when I got into competition. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I did it to compete. I'm a competitor. I want to win. That's my driving force. Right. So being 40 years old, I guess, and coming across this opportunity... How did that make you feel? Like, um, was it the... But here I am. I'm, I'm in Italy, and I'm dancing against people that are 15 to 20 years younger than me. Right. And basically, I was one of the first ones in the United States to really get into 
physical fitness and weight training. I mean, I was asked by many people, Sam Sedona told me, hey, get Billy, he's really skinny. Give him some ideas, Billy Sparks, about working out. I was one of the originators of actual weight training to stay in shape. And because of that was the reason that I could have been on the floor in an A level in Europe with kids that were anywhere between 18 and 25 and I'm 15 years older or more than all of them and be able to make those cuts down into almost a 24. I never danced B level in my life because for me that was for the old people. Right. The physical fitness and the physicality of being in shape is what made me be able to do that, to be in a, in a physical level above those that were just dancing. And I guess that's what also had inspired you to become a doctor, um, you know, being able to be an expert in health and um, especially maybe if you could tell us about what inspired you to become a, a podiatrist. I'm sure we would love to hear about that. <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's very accidental. I hope to make up a story to be enlightening. <laughs> no, at the time, uh, no, I did. it was just something that I'm very, I'm very, I'm very oriented in, into the uh, physical sciences. Mm -hmm. uh, I always used to get A's and B's in calculus and organic chemistry, and not do so well in English. Or Italian. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Right. The science oh, I, So my talent led me into that area. That road to be more involved in the physical sciences rather than in uh, the sociological end of, you know, being an English major, a psych major. Right. But it was majoring in back then. I majored in biology and zoology. So wow. all those credits and dissecting things. The next level would be, you don't teach with those those type of majors, and you get into something that would be, you know, in that area. So what's left? You have dentistry, medicine, and podiatry. Podiatry happened to be a very a local school, which was easy for me at that time to get into and affordable, and that's the direction I went. I had a cousin who was involved in it, and once I got into that, uh, that led me basically to, uh, you know, go along that way. I've treated many, many people that, that came from other areas to my office that were dancers. Diana Rogers was being treated in New York for more than a year for a toe, came to my office, one visit, took care of it. The Jola Curves from Canada. Right. Who they are, right? Yeah. They came to me the week before Blackpool for me to treat her. She had an infected and growing nail. Treated her. Shirley Ballas treated her during the USBC one year. She couldn't even get on the floor. Did something for her. So I treated some of the dancers, but I don't make it be like known. Oh, I'm Doctor Fortuna. Nobody hears me saying anything. In fact, a lot of people don't even know that I'm a doctor. Yeah. Uh, they think the way you do that I'm involved in the dance studio. Right. Well, that's not. That's my wife. My wife is the expert. Um, and you're into the music and... Yeah, then I got the idea. And the reason why I got into this music thing, because I had an idea for somebody else who just didn't get it. And a very, very, very wealthy man told me once, he says, Andy, everybody has great ideas. It's the ones that follow through. Right. Success. So I decided to follow through. 
and I produced my first CD. Like it was, and it felt like yesterday. And now I'm up to my eighth one. And they sell all over. If you go on any of the websites in Germany, there's there's a competition in Hamburg that a few years ago used only my music at their competition. Wow. So I get a bigger play in Europe than I do here. Right. Immediately I send a thousand to Japan, to talk in Japan. So they sell big in Japan, big in Germany, big in England, and all in Europe. Right. Not in your, my son tried out with a girl from Sweden and she brought tapes of her competitions from Sweden. Sure enough, my music was at the competition. Oh, that's great. I know, it's like really neat. To, that's that's kind of like nice. Yeah. They're like, oh wow, it's my music. <laughs> Very rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah. Especially like, all the time and effort that you put into every song and making it. It takes a long time. It takes me almost six months to produce a CD. Wow. And I mean six months of up and back, up and back. Musicians invariably are procrastinators. Uh -huh. Go up late. They don't come when they're supposed to. And I got to travel about 25 miles to the studio through one of the most traveled, congested roads in Philadelphia, which is like two drops of rain and it's backed up. One of those. Uh. It's really like a pain. Mm -hmm. Travel a lot of up and downs and. Yeah, and then the guy don't show up. Like thanks. Yeah. But you know, it costs a lot of money, a lot of time. But I'm the type. I'm kind of a for example, for the first CD, one of the rumbas, nobody knows it but you, I think it was called the song. In fact, Gary and Diana said it was their favorite song. Uh, and we were ready to go to, ready to produce the CD, and I'm listening to it, and I said to my wife, it's clave, it's like wrong. It was a 2-3 instead of a 3-2 clave. Mm, okay. I called them up. And it cost me a thousand dollars to change the clave around. Wow. One day before we went to production. Because I wasn't going to let that go through. Because I read an article by Walter Laird in Dance News and he went over this clave deal. Right. And he said the correct clave in the rumba is three two and not two three. Right. Went through the reasons and there was no way I was going to let that thing go to Europe for somebody to listen to. And say my clave was wrong. Right. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So we went back in and we did the whole song all over again. It was like another six hours in the studio, breaking the elements down, putting them back together. Because once you change a clave in a song, it changes other elements. So we redid it in one day. But for me, it was worth having it right. Right. Out wrong. It's, you know, as I said, you might like the songs, you don't like the songs, that's up to you. It's like cars and women and whatever. <laughs> and you like a man, another girl don't like what he looks like. Right. But they're all danceable and they're all correct. Well, that's wonderful. We're really looking forward to... I'm going to send you the new CD. Yep. So you get an idea of what it sounds like. And, if you, you know, there's a lot of good stuff on them. And there's not such so good stuff. There's some stuff that I listen to later on and I say to myself, ah, this could have been better or maybe the vocal was a little too out front. You know what I mean? Right. Put it back in the mix better. But then again, like you said, everybody has their different opinions, so... Yeah, you can't so please them. You try and... See, I want to please everybody. Right. Nature. Yeah. So even if 99 out of 100 like it, if one don't, I get kind of like a little depressed. Yeah. Really? <laughs> now, like that, I'm like goofy that way. I just, <laughs> I want everybody to be happy or like what I do. I guess, uh, you know, it's wanting acceptance. I guess. Maybe it's a, uh, a defect. Well. <laughs> Personality.
I don't think so. I think it's just you're you're very passionate about it, and, and well, that's, I, I guess I, I always want people to enjoy that passion, that feeling that you have. I always wanted to play an instrument, but my parents couldn't afford. I'm from like a, a, a middle class, lower middle class Italian family, and they couldn't afford to buy me that instrument. And but I've listened to where you know music is part of our life. Right. Always, every single day, there's always music playing in and around our house somewhere. It's never like silent. And growing up with that, you get to kind of know and feel and 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 like things and, and know what's right and what's wrong. And basically, you know, my opinion is what the end product of these CDs are all about. I chose the songs, right. chose the repertoire. I mix things, I, you know, I, it was all me. Everything you see in there basically is either I get credit or it's my fault. Right. Because I'm not going to let the clave be wrong. This has been a really great interview, so I would like to thank you. For the ultimate in Latin dance music, visit www.latinjam.com. Latin Jam's newest CD release includes two discs of the best Latin music featuring the samba, cha-cha-cha, rumba, pasodoble, and salsa. For full transcripts, register for Danscape Easy at www.danscape.com. Dance is passion. <laughs>